You're listening to the Straight Up Saints Podcast. And welcome inside the Straight Up Saints Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Rosvoglu. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Rosvoglu Report and on Instagram at Saints underscore straight up. Also, don't forget that you can become a supporter of this podcast for as little as 99 cents per month. And with becoming a supporter, I'll give you more input on what we should do for the podcast, a little more content ideas. Um, and it'll also just be a good chance for you guys to come on the podcast. Remember, I'm going to do a phone-in segment it's probably going to come in right after free agency. The uh, early part of free agency kicks in. I'm going to lay out the number for you guys to call, and we're going to talk all things Saints on the Saints Straight Up podcast. Now, last episode, if you haven't checked it out yet, it's an interview with Caden Ellis, the soon-to-be second-year linebacker from Idaho, had his rookie season cut short due to a torn ACL. Really talented guy and a very, very good player and, and great attitude for this locker room. We talked about Michael Hodges, the new linebackers coach his initial reaction to Drew Brees coming back, um, and a couple other things like where he is at his injury recovery, when he hopes to be back on the field, and all that good stuff. Definitely an interview worth checking out if you haven't already. Now let's get into the content for this episode, and it really has to do with some news that we got on Friday afternoon, a Friday news dump. Not a surprise, but the Saints will be placing a first-round tender on Taysom Hill, the do-it-all quarterback, the quarterback that if you call him a dual threat, you're kind of selling him short because he does so many freaking things that saying he does two things well is an understatement. He pretty much does everything well um, outside of us knowing if he's a legit franchise quarterback or not, which I will discuss in this episode. And let's be real with each other. We don't know if he's actually going to be a franchise quarterback. Now, if this audio sounds a little bit different for you Saints fans at home, the truth is it is. Uh, This is the first episode with the new equipment, went out and got a couple of new gear from Roadcaster. so shout out to them. They make fantastic equipment. I mean, it was easy to set up, and it was easy for me to uh, figure out how all these gadgets work, um, and it's really fun. Got some sound bites that we're going to use every episode, some funny ones, some sports-related ones, and I'm sure when the season rolls around, some highlight-related ones, so some fun stuff there. Now, let's get into it. Let's talk about Taysom Hill, what a contract would look like for a guy like Taysom Hill who's a restricted free agent, and is going to get a first-round tender. What do you do there? There's a lot to unpack here, and I think the first thing that you should do, if you haven't already, is go to Canal Street Chronicles, excuse me, and go check out what Ross Jackson did. First off, if you're not following Ross, please go do so. The man is fantastic when it comes to Saints content, and he broke down what a contract might look like for Taysom Hill. And for a guy like Taysom, who we haven't seen before, He's what you like to call a unicorn, I guess. And what can a deal for someone as talented and as unique as him look like? Ross came out to a number that was about four-year 49. Incentives are are in there. It's got a bunch of elevators, so the the base salary only keep going up. And he brought up a Jacoby Brissett scenario. So Jacoby Brissett was the backup. Andrew Luck retires. Guess what? Jacoby Brissett's contract shoots up. And... There's almost a way of making that deal where if Taysom's a starter after Breeze and he's playing well, he's going to earn himself some more money. And that might be it. And now you might be sitting at home and going, four-year, 49 for Taysom? No, thank you. I'll pass. That's a little too much money. And that brings in the conversation of how much should the Saints value Taysom Hill? How much do you value Taysom Hill? And I think it's different to every single person. And I totally get that. But let me tell you what I've learned about Taysom Hill. And this is coming from a guy who has stated time and time again, I'll I'll just state it again now for you, 
I don't think he's the franchise quarterback after Drew Brees. I'm not so sure. I think at approaching 30, we haven't really seen him be too accurate with the football or make enough throws for me to even say that he's not too accurate with football. Um, And there's just not a big sample size. But let me tell you something about Taysom Hill. That man is not just a gadget player. He's a tone setter. And I think that's why I'm having so much difficulty understanding why people are so eager to get him out of the building. And those that are eager to get him out of the building, it's not like you don't like Taysom Hill. It's just you value a first-round pick over Taysom Hill. And that's fine. I, I get why. Um, I've had a lot of conversations with you guys on Twitter uh, of the idea of getting rid of Taysom. And, and you know, first-round picks are more important. Maybe. I, I can't really argue that. It's a, a very good case. Um, and you might be right. But here's what I have to tell you. If you're one of those Saints fans who is like, we got to go all in for Breeze. We have to win in Breeze's last year. He needs to walk out with another Super Bowl. That doesn't happen without Taysom Hill. I've said it on Twitter and I'll say it again. The best version of the 2020 New Orleans Saints will include Taysom Hill in some capacity. I don't care if he's catching passes, throwing passes, running the football, blocking punts, kick returning. I don't care what the hell this guy's doing, but he's going to be doing something that helps the Saints. And that's why I've had this argument with several people, including one of my cousins who was trolling on Twitter, and I was crying laughing at it. But here's the reality. If the Saints settle for the one-year $5 million deal on the tender, that's not an overpay. It's an underpay. And I think people forget, just because you might be a versatile player who's only used in this capacity and you're really more of a trick guy than anything else, it doesn't mean that you're not special. Taysom Hill is very special. And I think people who think Taysom Hill is just there to reignite the offense. And that's not just it. There are games where Taysom Hill's the only dude up for the challenge outside of Michael Thomas because that guy shows up every freaking week. But Taysom Hill, there have been games, the Minnesota game in the playoffs and the Atlanta one on Thanksgiving come to mind, where he showed up. He was the best player on offense. You saw him make plays on special teams and you just watch him nonstop and you're like, what can't you do with him? Like, he's just that good. And I think for some people, I get why you're worried. But if the Saints have the slightest inkling that this guy might legit be the quarterback after Drew Brees, there is not a contract out there where I'll be upset with the number. The Saints go and give him four-year 40. Let's say they did give what Ross said, four-year 49. I don't see how you can be mad at that because they're telling you, yeah, this guy's going to play quarterback someday. It might be next year. It might be the year after that. It might be 2022. Who freaking knows? Who cares? He is going to play quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. That's what they're telling you if they give him a deal like that. And I think the funniest thing I saw, and I'm, and I'm sure I'm sure some people said it. You might have said it. Who knows? Again, not trying to be personal here, but some people have said it. Oh, you know, they should have put a second-round tender on Taysom. Let someone give him an offer sheet, and, and maybe the Saints can match it. They can see what his market is. Why the hell would the Saints do that? Why would you let another team, an inferior team, set the market for a guy who you want back? You know why the Saints slapped a first-round tender on Taysom Hill? Because the Saints want to keep Taysom Hill. Not because the Saints are thirsty for first-round picks. Not because the Saints think there's an offer they're going to get that's going to blow them out of the water a little bit. They want that first-round tender on Taysom Hill because Sean Payton knows the Saints are a better team with number seven. They're, they just are. And, and I think you guys all understand that. And for, for the Saints to just let him, you know sign an offer sheet with someone else just so they can see what the market is would be stupid. And there's a reason why everyone keeps saying, Adam Schefter included, oh, well, the Saints are going to get a deal done before the new league year starts. That makes sense. And the reason why that makes sense is the Saints 
don't even want to let another team build the market for Taysom. Taysom's going to get life-changing money whether or not the Saints think he's a franchise quarterback because that money he's going to get will exceed anything he's been offered over his professional career. And I personally, at first, thought Taysom would get something along the lines of three-year 24, three-year 21, like something like that, I thought, you know, $8 million a year. But if the Saints go to $10 million a year, I, I don't know if it's the worst thing in the world. I really don't. And I've said it so many times. And yet, I'm sitting here, and I'm going to say it for a hundredth time. I want Taysom Hill on the football team for next year. The Saints are a better team with Taysom Hill. Everyone knows it. And I also think, and I fully believe it, is Drew Brees the starting quarterback next year without a doubt? But do I think the Saints are actually going to up the usage on Taysom Hill and almost, quote-unquote, load-manage Drew Brees? I wouldn't be shocked if you can give Taysom Hill 10 to 12 to 15 more snaps than you did last year. And you can also manage the arm of a 41-year-old Drew Brees. I think that's pretty good. And guess what Taysom Hill, when he's in the game, guess what the Saints do? Run the football. And guess what Saints fans complain about? The Saints not running the football. A lot of answers solved by by keeping Taysom Hill. I know you guys agree. And the last thing I'm going to say here before I bounce and go to the next segment here on Straight Up Saints podcast. If you honestly think that Taysom is not the future, and I'm, I totally agree with those that think that. I don't think he is. Are you really that sure that getting rid of him makes this a better team, though? I think that's the problem. And here's what I'm going to say about Taysom Hill. We all know that he wants to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. That's what you dream for. You shoot for it. And who knows? He might get there. I think he will. I don't know if we will be with the Saints, but I think he will get a chance to start. He has said multiple times that he is happy that Drew Brees is back, that he believes the Saints are a better team when Drew Brees is back, and it's better for him if Drew Brees is back, which he is. And who's not to say that Taysom Hill, another year as a wide receiver, another year in that running scheme, another year of developing as a passer, doesn't just turn into one of the best weapons in the NFL next year? Like, who's to say that he doesn't? I believe he finished, like, close to 20 receptions for 220 yards and six receiving touchdowns, and that's as a far-from-unfinished product. And he's not going to become a finished product overnight in one offseason, but can he get better? Yeah. And I think the one thing about Taysom that scares me, if I'm a DB, is if you underestimate his speed, one second later, he's behind the defense. Like, that's how good and how quick and how great of an athlete Taysom Hill is. So those are just some things to ponder about. If you really think that this kid just in it for the money and that's it, you are so wrong because that's not who he is. And I think it's going to be very interesting to see how much the Saints pay him. And what they pay him will show us what they think about Taysom Hill as a quarterback in the future. And for my sake, for all of us, I hope it's not the most expensive contract. But I'm going to say, you know, I've said it before, four-year, 49, like what Ross said in his article, I'll sign up for that. I would. Because the Saints are telling me this kid might be special in a year or two um, learning under Drew Brees. Now, let's switch gears. Let's change the topic here. We were talking about Taysom Hill for a little too long, a little bit of a long rant there. Let's talk about another guy who starts his name with a T, Tremaine Johnson, formerly of the New York Jets, because they're letting him go because he sucks. I know, very professional of me to just go flat out, yeah, this dude sucks, but he does. And as someone who lives in New York, and get stuck watching Jets games, you know, because I'll, I'll do side by side, I'll do dual screens, I got the Saints on one screen, and then on my other TV, I got the Jets on, and I usually have the Jets on for comedic relief, like if you think being a Saints fan is tough, you should be a Jets fan, they they always stink, 
The one guy who they thought was going to be their golden ticket was Sam Darnold. And yeah, he misses six games this year, not because he hurt his arm or hurt his thumb or hurt his knee. No, the guy got mono. Like, he couldn't stop himself from hooking up with some chick in New York, and this guy's out for six weeks. Like, that's just the Jets' season. That's it. That, that That's the Jets. And uh, let me tell you something about Tremaine Johnson. Tremaine Johnson had his chance to go to the Saints, and he didn't. He didn't want to go there. Rams kept him on the franchise tag. Then he hits the open market, goes to the Jets, gets paid, and then he falls off a cliff. Like, literally, if you look at his career numbers, Pretty good corner, a Pro Bowl caliber corner before he goes to the Jets. And he goes to New York, and he just stinks up the joint. And now people are asking, should the Saints go after him? My response is pretty simple. And my response is, no, God, please, no, 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 no. Now, look, I'm a big fan of The Office and Michael Scott, and that's why I'm basically playing that soundbite for you. But seriously, I am so out on Tremaine Johnson. And the idea of him going to the Saints it's just stupid. He didn't play well in Greg Williams' system, and Greg Williams' system is not that far off from Dennis Allen's. So, what would make that you know any better? And I think the Saints have better options than Tremaine Johnson, and both of them are in-house options: Eli Apple and Janoris Jenkins, who they could either bring one back on a reduced salary, or re-sign the other, or do both. Who knows? They're better options. And the last thing I'm going to say about Tremaine Johnson before I, you know, move on from that and talk a little bit of mock drafts before we end this episode. Tremaine Johnson, at one point, was getting benched while getting paid $15 million a year for the Jets. So the Jets were paying this man to sit on the bench while they were just playing other crappy corners because they just couldn't stand the sight of watching him blow another coverage. Like, just put that into perspective. It's like, you go to work, they pay you the big bucks to do your job, and they're like, man, this guy stinks at his job, and we can't get rid of him yet, so let's just bring in an intern, and we're going to pay the intern way less than him, but he, the intern's going to do all the work, but that guy just sits there and does nothing because, frankly, he hurts us more if he tries than if he does nothing. That's basically it. So the Jets basically told you, this dude is so bad, we're going to go with practice squad players, we're going to go with undrafted rookies, we're going to go with anyone whose name does not begin with Trumaine. That kind of rhymed, actually. That was a little, little. Thank you. Yeah, no, seriously, though. But that, that's how it feels. Like, the Jets really told him, dude, you're not good. You're getting out of here. Um, and and we'll, we'll cut you in the offseason. And that means I do not want to see him on the New Orleans Saints. And if you thought about, oh, what about Jermaine Johnson? Can he revitalize his career in New Orleans? Throw that trash. Uh, throw that out in the trash. Get that idea out of your brain. Wipe it out. We don't want it. No one wants to hear it. Let's just get rid of that. Now, let's talk about another, you know, idea, Saints pairing that I am just so out on. I, I don't even like it. The fact that I'm going to bring it up, it's just I'm, I'm honestly doing it just to get out all our trigger emotions. Saw a mock draft last week. Posted it on Twitter because, you know, I had to because I just can't go a day without instigating. And that's, that's just who I am. And the mock draft, overall, pretty good. A lot of trades, a lot of quarterbacks. I mean, they had, let me just go back and check just, just for the thought of it. They got Joe Burrow at one. They got Tua at two. They got Justin Herbert at four in a trade-up. And then Jordan Love at six uh, to the Chargers. So four quarterbacks in the top six picks, which is pretty nuts. And then you get to pick 24, and you're eager. And you're like, man, I just went through a great mock trap. Who do they have the Saints taking? And you know who they have the Saints taking? Oh, yeah, they have them taking Jacob Beeson from Washington. Hmm. I'm on record saying I like a lot of quarterbacks in this draft. I like Burrow. I love Tua. I love Burrow, too. 
Um, I think Herbert can be good. I think love, you guys know, what I think about love. I mean, Jordan loves my guy. I also like James Morgan later on as a mid round pick or late pick, you know, developmental guy. I also like Jalen hurts who I am going to discuss in a minute. I do not like Jacob Eason. Like the, Jacob Eason is that dude who has a big arm and he, everyone loves him and thinks that he could be something special. And it also helps that he's white and people say, Hey, you know what? Jacob Eason, he could do something at the next level. Like, no, he cannot do something at the next level. So Jake Fromm is the reason that Jacob Eason was no longer at Georgia. And I don't like Jake Fromm, but guess what? Jake Fromm's more efficient. He's more accurate, smarter in my opinion. And Jacob Eason goes to Washington, and he put up decent numbers. Don't get me wrong, but Jacob Eason, if he was half as good as people think he is, he should have lit up the Pac-12. Keaton, Keaton Slovis from USC, true freshman, first year in college, lights up the Pac-12, and I think that kid's going to be a stud. Jacob Eason did not do that. He did not look like Keaton Slovis. He definitely didn't look like Justin Herbert. There were times that I don't even know if he looked like Steven Montez. Like, I just didn't think he looked good. And I, I think that's an issue with Jacob Eason. So any idea of him going to the Saints, I want that thrown out, put that man in a Buccaneers creamsicle jersey, leave him in Tampa Bay, and let the Saints sack him three times a year. Done? Deal? Good? Got it. I mean, don't want to even think about Jacob Eason going there. And uh, yeah, so if, if you didn't punch a hole through the wall or slam your phone and got through me talking about the idea of Jacob Eason to the Saints, well, congrats. But guess what? Well, you don't have to worry about that happening. I, I just don't think it's going to happen. And if it does... Stay tuned for that podcast if that ever happens because you will know that I'll be very animated. Now, before I wrap up this episode of Straight Up Saints, let's talk about a prospect that I am starting to like a lot more than I did two months ago. Jalen Hurts. I love the story of Jalen Hurts. I love Jalen Hurts the kid. I love his athleticism, his numbers, what he did at Alabama, what he did at Oklahoma. I love all of it. And I sat there like an idiot thinking, man, I don't think Jalen Hurts is going to be that good. I really don't think he's a quarterback prospect. Hmm, I don't know. Or not that he's not a quarterback prospect, but I don't know if he's going to be a starter at all. And then the more I watch him, and then I watch him at the combine, and I listen to him speak, and I'm going, you know what? This is the next Dak Prescott. And I'm not the first one to say it. I saw Brian, uh, my guy BSPN over there, put it up, and I looked at it, watched a little bit more tape. And yeah, I think that's a fair pro comp. And I guess it comes down to how much do you like Dak Prescott? And I love Dak Prescott. I think the Cowboys are dumb for not getting a contract done early. I think you pay that man. He just had under 5,000 yards passing. He's a great runner. He's going to give you like 30 touchdowns and 10 picks. Like he's accurate. He's a great leader. And I look at Jalen Hurts. And I honestly think this kid is something special. Like, I really, I swear, I really feel that way about Jalen Hurts. And I know it's easy to just say that, um, to just say that, oh, well, playing in the Big 12, your numbers go up. Maybe, I'm not disagreeing with that. But here's what I know about Jalen Hurts. I don't think there's a better leader in this draft. I don't think there's a guy with a better work ethic than Jalen Hurts. Think about what he's gone through in his career. Freshman year, loses to Deshaun Watson in the national championship. That's tough, but you got to swallow that pill. Then moving on, you got a uh, second year, gets the national championship, 
not playing well. So they bench him for the second half. Tua comes in, wins in the title, and he doesn't get mad about it. He has to be happy because you won a title, and he's happy for Tua, and I get that, and you got to play the nice guy card. Third year, you go into a quarterback battle. You know you have no shot of winning because Tua's just that dude, and he plays. He does not transfer. He plays out the season. They bring him in for the SEC championship to save the game. He does it. They win. They get into the playoff. They don't win the championship, but he's the reason they make the college football playoff. And then he goes to Oklahoma and in one offseason learns a completely different playbook with an offensive mastermind and puts up his most efficient passing numbers he's had in his career. Jalen Hurts is a quick learner. He's a quick learner, good leader, love his attitude. And, and this is why I'm, I'm really getting on the Jalen Hurts bandwagon, besides the fact that I love the kid. You guys know how I feel about Jordan Love, but you know when there's some things that you just have to come to grips with, like it's just never going to happen? Like, dude, you texted that girl about 20 times, and she answered her, she hasn't answered you back, it's over, like that type of relationship? Get it? But seriously, that's how it feels with Jordan Love. It's like the Saints might like Jordan Love, but are they going to trade into the top 10? I don't think so. Are they going to trade into the top 7 for Jordan Love? I don't think so. So, if the Saints need a quarterback, I got to switch my priorities here. I like Jalen Hurts. I like Jalen Hurts as a early third round pick, maybe late second. And if the Saints got to trade up and you get him, that kid with a year under Drew Brees, a year or two, who knows? Like he's special. And I'm not saying he's going there. Like I can't just link every quarterback to the Saints and be like, that's going to work. That's going to work. That's going to work. No, they're not going to get Tua. They're not going to get Burrow. They're not, well, they're not going to get Burrow. But if you ask Saints report and whatever, whatever that message board site was, they still think he's getting him. But you're not getting Burrow. You're not getting Love, probably. You're not getting Herbert. I don't like Fromm. I don't like Eason. I don't really like Montez in the Saints fit. I think he's more of a cold-weather quarterback. Um, I don't think the Saints are going to take a chance on Cole McDonald and use him as a project. I'm not picking everyone, but I like Jalen Hurts. And I I know this kind of defeats the purpose of giving Taysom Hill a large contract, but what if the Saints just go one year with Taysom Hill and then bring in Jalen Hurts? I think it works. I think it's interesting. And all I really need to know about Jalen Hurts is that if coaches starting to think that he can be the next Dak Prescott, that is not bad. And if you don't like Dak Prescott, that's fine. I get it. A lot of people don't like him. And a lot of people don't like him because he plays for Jerry Jones' Dallas Cowboys. Like, it's so easy to hate Dallas. But I like Dak Prescott. I think the kid works hard. I think his his work ethic is fantastic. I think he's a good football player. You do a lot worse than Jalen Hurts. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have been doing a lot worse than Jalen Hurts. The New York Giants were sitting rolling out washed up Eli Manning for six years. Like, you can do a whole lot worse than Jalen Hurts. And I think Jalen Hurts has some qualities you can't teach. Like, we all hate Tom Brady because he kisses his son on the lips and he cheats and he deflates his nuts. I mean, his footballs, excuse me. No, but seriously, deflates the football. And I get that. But there's something about Tom Brady, like that crazy twitch in his eye and that just like the light just switches and all of a sudden, you can't stop him. Like you had a 28-3 lead and Tom Brady just happens. The lead's gone, you lose the Super Bowl. Sorry, Atlanta. Like Jalen Hurts has that intangibles to him where kid doesn't quit, plays hard, and he has that it factor on Sundays that not that many have. So I like Jalen Hurts. And I'm not saying Jalen Hurts is going to the Saints, but I really, 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 well, more really, like Jalen Hurts as a prospect, and I think he might be something special for the New Orleans Saints if they are able to take a shot on him. But that's the one prospect who I really got my eye on as we move closer to the draft. I'm very interested to see who he met with, what he does as his pro day. Does he boost his stock any further? Does he solidify his status as a second-round pick? But we'll know more 
in the coming days. But that's going to do it for this episode of Straight Up Saints. Now, I want to thank you once again for listening. If you like the new equipment, you like the sound effects, subscribe to the channel and also make sure to leave a review and rate it five stars on iTunes. It really does help. It really, really does. So if you guys can, I'll greatly appreciate it. And also, if you want to become a supporter of the podcast, don't forget to do that as little as 99 cents per month. Definitely helps me out and helps me get more interviews, helps me upgrade my equipment and all that good stuff. So I really do appreciate those who are supporting already the channel and those who are even considering doing so in the future. But that's going to do it for this episode. I want to thank you so much for listening and enjoy the rest of your week. And until then, guys, let's see what goes on this offseason because it's going to be a very good one for our New Orleans Saints.